Welcome to Sojourn Discipleship. At Sojourn Community Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we are committed to helping you flourish with friends because life is too precious to waste. What's up, Sojourn family? Pastor Rusty here with a great episode for you where myself and Pastor Mark Loazzo discuss why would we change the name community groups to life groups? We'll also talk about what we biblically mean by having life together. And finally, we'll discuss the freedom that we're baking into our small groups that will allow us to have both open and closed groups. We hope you enjoy the episode, Sojourn. Marcus Aurelius of the Fifth Legion. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great today. Um, We have some fun stuff to talk about. I think probably the most important question up front is, have you seen the Lord of the Rings? I have seen the Lord of the Rings. Are we going there again? Uh, We are. You know, for those who missed last week's episode, you're going to have to tune in (laughs) to that. So I just had to get a consensus to see where we're at because life is too short to not see the Lord of the Rings. Yes, I've seen it multiple times, all the movies. I know the story. Yes, great story. Excellent, excellent. Well, today we're jumping into talking about uh, some serious questions. Uh, And the first one that we have to tackle today when it comes to the new structure within Sojourn is why change the name of community groups to life groups? I mean, Mark, I know that's a pretty heretical question to change community groups, right? Why would yeah. we do it? Yeah, I think, I think it's a good idea to change the names uh, corresponding to structural changes and uh, ways of doing things, those types of changes that we're making. Uh, life groups rather than community groups. Life group uh, gives the implication that it's all about life, and it really is. It's about our life with Jesus and our yeah. life with other believers in Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think really with our community groups as well as life groups, as we're going to call them now, the goal's always been transformation. The goal's always been life. And I would even say that our community groups in the past that have functioned the best have been people committing to live their lives uh, together and pursue life with Jesus together. And our community groups, when they've not been uh, at their best for folks, have been when it has just been a one night a week deal. And so by changing the name to life groups, we're really just putting the emphasis on what we want out of the groups. Yeah. And it fits so well with the need we see to help each other flourish with friends. You know, flourishing with friends is all about how you live life and uh, what you do as you live life with your friends. Uh, So I think it fits well with the expectation that as believers, we can grow together as we flourish with friends. I agree. And as a, even as I've thought about the word life, you know, in life groups, it, 
I think culturally folks tend to think of that in terms of freedom, that we have the freedom to live the lives that we want to live. And so we probably have to even look at the scriptures and say, what is life according to the scriptures? And uh, some passages have come to mind for me is Galatians chapter five and chapter six. And if we were just to do a flyover of those chapters, you know, you remember Galatians five, one starts out with for freedom, Christ has set us free, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It then goes on to describe uh, that Jesus has loved us and freed us in order to love others. And then in verse 13, it picks up with only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. It then goes on to have those, you know, great fruits of the spirit to describe the, the works, the deeds of the flesh. And then chapter six really kind of lands the plane for us in verse two, where it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we saw earlier in verse 14 that that law of Christ is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we think about life groups and committing not just to one night a week together, but to actually living our Christian lives together, helping each other find life in Jesus together. It really does. Our, our goal and our hope is that we would have relationships where we can bear one another's burdens, where we can serve one another, where we can fulfill the law of Christ as we love one another. And there's that word freedom again. We mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Such a great word, and I love the tension we see in those verses that you just read and some of the comments that you just made, the tension between the freedom that we have in Jesus, which includes responsibility to love one another and to bear with one another and to serve each other. Uh, and that's what, what we mean with life groups and be free to speak into each other's lives and to, be, to have our lives spoken into. But really, at the end of the day, that's one of the main reasons why we want to make our group smaller, right? I mean, when you think about really being involved in each other's lives, when you think about being on a group text, you know, where you're texting throughout the week, like, you reach a certain size where that's just not doable. And so we really are shooting to say, hey, let's, let's make our group smaller so that this idea of loving one another, serving one another, bearing one another's burdens, that is actually possible. Yeah, and I was thinking about that just earlier today, you know, the, the group size that we're shooting for, ideal size of eight committed adults, that word committed in there really, again, emphasizes uh, we're living life together. We're not just occasionally seeing each other or occasionally uh, reaching out and talking with each other, but it's a life together. Uh, it's a life that we, we live as believers in God's family. Absolutely. And I think as you mentioned, you know, the committed adults, right? We, have, we desire this eight committed adults. That I think leads us to another question of a change that we're making, which is what are the differences between open and closed groups? So in the past, we've only had open groups that are open to the public. And with this change from community groups to life groups, we're now saying, hey, we're going to have open groups and we're going to have closed groups. So what are the differences? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And that, that is one of the major changes that folks will see with these new life groups. With open groups, what we really mean by that is that these are groups that we uh, purposely have available for 
folks who haven't found a group yet, perhaps new uh, members or new uh, participants at, at Sojourn. Whereas with closed groups, we're not uh, announcing that group as available for new members. Uh, it's not, that doesn't mean that others might not join that group mid-year, but that will be much less sure. likely and occur much less often. Yeah, that would really have to happen by a personal invitation from folks in that closed group, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, there are some of the differences implied by open versus closed is a closed group gives more opportunity for those participating in it to share more intimately things that they might be more hesitant to share if the group were open. Absolutely. You know, I think part of our desire to make this shift here is just recognizing that we all have different seasons of our lives. And in those different seasons, we have different needs. And so there are some seasons where it is completely comfortable and um, wonderful to be able to be in a group where on any given week, a brand new person can show up. And we're in a place spiritually where we can open our arms wide. To those folks and say, come on into my life, right? There are other seasons where maybe we're struggling through some grief. Maybe we're struggling through some losses. Maybe we're struggling with personal sin, um, whatever it could be, where we actually in that season would need the ability to be with people. And those folks are then able to care for us in that specific season. And we can actually drill deeper into uh, the difficulties in our life. Yes, and I think that's so important when you mention seasons. I think probably for everybody, there will be a season in your life where a closed group would be most beneficial for you, would be where you flourish with your friends uh, uh, more readily than an open group. And at other seasons in your life or in the life of that same individual, it might be reversed. An open group is where you find the ability to, to flourish well with your friends. Yeah. So what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is it's totally possible for a sojourner to be in a closed group for one semester, be in an open group the next semester, and then maybe even go back to a completely different closed group the following semester. Yes. There's that idea of freedom again. There you go. The idea of freedom. Well, let's, let's talk more about the freedom that we want to put into these groups. You know, um, we've talked a little bit about the differences. What are the similarities in both open and closed groups? That's a great question. I think that uh, some of those main similarities are, number one, the group size that we mentioned. We would hope that groups hit about eight committed members uh, in each group, whether open or closed. And then that the principles and practices that are taught in the Sojourn Discipleship meetings, we would expect those to be practiced and to be discussed and to be topics of conversation for both open and closed groups. Yeah, so we want these uh, groups that are smaller so that they're more manageable to actually maintain relationships. We want open or closed groups to commit to living the Christian life together. And then from Sojourn Discipleship, we're going to provide the, that coaching of, hey, this month, we want you to focus on this spiritual discipline as a group. And, and we want you to really press into having conversations and practicing and accountability around this particular discipline that's teaching you an aspect of living the Christian life, right? That idea that 
the groups are very similar in some of these important ways is powerful for the church. It, it, it gives a sense of direction and a sense of we're all looking to mature as believers in Jesus. Yeah, and we're looking to do it together, even as we're doing it in these smaller groups, right? So that's kind of the base similarity. Besides that kind of base commitment, you know, some could argue that's not really a lot for that group to do. Why, why have we made that base commitment small? And then what else could the groups do? What are some of the freedoms that groups have? You know, that again, the word freedom, there's, there's freedom to meet on a cadence that is going to work for your group, whether it's once a week, once every two weeks, or some other cadence. There's a freedom to have varying topics of conversation. I mean, we, we do want all groups to incorporate the principles and practices that we talk about in Sojourn Discipleship. But there's also freedom to look at different topics as well that are appropriate for that group. Absolutely. I think this is one of the things that is so exciting for us is this flexibility that we're working into our groups. We're saying, hey, there, there's some base conversations that we want you to be having, but we recognize that that's not going to take up the whole of your life together as a group. For some groups, that'll be enough and they'll just, they'll plug away with that. They'll work hard at that spiritual discipline that we give them and that'll be good for that group. Other groups are going to say, we want to do more. We want to learn more. And so those groups might say, hey, let's actually do our weekly group meeting at the Chattanooga soup kitchen, right? Let's actually do our group meeting serving in our community or other groups may say, yeah, we, we want to press into learning more about um, the, the factuality of the Bible. Let's learn about how the Bible was formed and put together. Or maybe some groups will say, we want to learn about human sexuality. Or maybe groups will say, we've experienced death and loss in our group, and we want to press into learning about grief and how we grieve and lament together. And in those cases, uh, we as a pastoral team, as leaders in the church, we want to be here to say, yeah, go for it. And we'll even provide resources to help you do that. I think a big question in all of this, as excited as we can get about the different possibilities for what this could look like, I think a big question in all of this is, how does this not become like middle school again, where we have these clicks? You know, so when we talk about open groups, closed groups, how do people in our church not feel like they're being picked for the dodgeball team or they're not being picked for it? Well, that's, um, that's something that we, we do need to think about at, really as individuals. And I, I think back to being in middle school or having kids who were in middle school <laughs> yeah. and thinking, all right, so that happened in middle school. How did we respond to that? How did we encourage our middle school kids to respond to that? And I think that the answer is in many ways the same. You know, uh, we ask our middle school kids to, to look outside of themselves, yeah. to uh, not create a group that is exclusive, uh, but to include others in that group, to reach out to someone and say, hey, can you join our group? To see the benefits of that in our kids' lives, they're meeting new people with different ideas and different perspectives. Uh, they are learning to love others that are different than themselves. And it really all, I think, comes back to maturity. And yes. to really get into the point where 
as a believer, you know, have the maturity in Jesus to, Jesus to say, hey, I, I think that we could do better. I think that we, uh, we aren't really reaching out to others and loving others like we could. Let's, let's not let ourselves be this click. I love that. And I love that you brought it back to maturity, especially going back to a couple of weeks ago, sharing about how this whole strategic move that we're making with how we live and love as a church is to say, let's really care about spiritual maturity and let's move each individual sojourner to the best of our ability towards spiritual maturity. And that just takes discernment, what I just heard you describing, right? Like you as a group are going to have to discern together in community. Is this a moment, especially if you're in a closed group, is this a moment where we need to just be the people who are in this group? God has called this group to be together in this time, in this place for this season, or you need to discern, is this a time where we are being cliquish and we need to actually open up our group to others? That takes wisdom, that takes maturity, that takes discernment. And if you're out there and you're one of these folks who is already feeling anxiety about this feeling like middle school, let me just say, maybe that means you just need to join an open group. You know, don't forget the fact that we're offering closed groups, but we also have open groups. So if you're already feeling this inner turmoil over, am I going to feel left out of the group that I want to be in? Maybe that just means that you're in a place in your life where you just hop into an open group and there you go. Your group is decided for you. So we're offering both as an option so that wherever you're at, you are able to flourish with friends. That's right. And another option for that individual is to say, well, a route I can take is I can start reaching out to others who I think might be struggling with this. And I can put myself second and reach out to them and say, why don't you join our group? Yeah. So the word that we hope you're picking up on is we're trying to make this uh, structure in such a way where there is a lot of freedom so that we can flourish with friends. And at the end of the day, we are hoping, we are praying that Jesus will help you to find that group of friends, whether in an open group or a closed group, that will bear your burdens, that will serve you as you serve others, that will love you as you love others. And in all of that, that you'll find the transformation that you're longing for, and you'll find life together in Jesus. Sojourn, thank you so much for joining us for these episodes. We hope they're encouraging for you. We also hope that they're helping you to get excited about the future of what God has in store for our church. Join us next week as we discuss the question, what will the content of our monthly Sojourn Discipleship meetings be? We hope to see you then, Sojourn. Peace.